Blog Talk Radio. Feel that last. 
and welcome to Reality in Christ Worship and Word here on True Radio Presents on the Blog Talk Radio Network. I'm your host, Reverend Thomas Dwayne Smith. Thank everybody for tuning in tonight. It's going to be a phenomenal broadcast. I'm going to start reading a book called The Believer's Authority by Reverend Andrew Womack. He's been a pastor evangelist for over 40 years, and he's a man who is phenomenal. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the worship portion of Worship in Word, and I will be back right after these worship songs with prayer, and we'll get in to the message. So...
and welcome back to Reality in Christ Worship and Word here on True Radio Presents on the Blog Talk Radio Network. I'm your host, Thomas Dwayne Smith, the visible conservative, reverend, whatever you want to call me these days. I want to welcome a very special lady to me, uh, Mary. Have not seen her in a while. And to answer your question, I just chose to do my show this late because I had had something to do earlier and I wanted to get a little worship and word in. But um, I'm going to play one more song and then at the 30-minute mark, we're going to pray. And I'm going to start this book by Andrew Walmack called Believer's Authority. This next song is Kurt Franklin. And it it describes how the Lord wants us to lean on him. But in this case, we're to lean on each other as friends. man that doesn't have a place to stay for that little boy living with age can I tell you a story tell you a story you can lean on me there a man oh yeah standing on the corner he had no home he had no food and his blue skies are gone yes it is can you hear him crying out?
Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we give you glory, honor, and praise. Father God, I'm thankful for another opportunity to have a broadcast of Reality in Christ Worshiping Word, and I want to welcome those who are listening in tonight. Lord, I ask you in the name of Jesus, the message that is spoken tonight, Lord God, that people will understand it and that they will know where the heart of this message is coming from. I'm thankful for the two guests who have tuned in tonight. Mary, my mother from another part of the world, and guest eleven four thirty eight. Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus that those who are listening in and those that will listen in in the archives later will be encouraged by this message. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ I pray. Amen. Once again, I want to welcome everybody to Reality in Christ, Worship and Word. And I'm going to start reading a book tonight called The Believer's Authority, What You Didn't Learn in Church. And this book is by Reverend Andrew Walmack. And I enjoy this gentleman so much because he, re- he reminds me so much of my spiritual dad in the faith. And you will tell by... You could tell by his... um, Well, you'll be able to tell by how he words things. And Mary, I will... I will definitely pray for Fran. Lord God, right now in the name of Jesus, we lift Fran up to you, Lord God. Father, we know that you are the healer, Lord God. 
Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for your healing virtue going through Mary's sister's body right now. Father, you are the healer. You did not send Jesus Christ to Calvary for nothing, Lord God. And we thank you, and we love you, and we bless you. We bless you for healing. We bless you for protecting her sister. And we, in the mighty name of your son, Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. The Believer's Authority. Chapter 1. We are in a spiritual battle. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 12. God's word reveals that we are not wrestling against flesh and blood, but but demonic power. Our fight isn't against people, but the spiritual forces influencing them. However, most of us simply don't recognize the role that the spirit realm plays in what occurs in our daily life. It's just human, natural, but the devil is busy influencing people every day. It's useless to debate whether or not an individual is possessed oppressed, or just depressed. When the New Testament calls someone demonic, demon-possessed, the Greek word there literally means demonized. They are under the influence and therefore control of the devil. The issue people make about whether someone is possessed, oppressed, or just depressed isn't in the scriptures. The truth is that people all around the world today are being influenced, controlled, and used to whatever degree by the devil. Many Westerners honestly believe that all the demons are over in some third world country, but anyone who is spiritually perceptive knows that there is an abundance of demonic activity anywhere you go in the world, including the West. We just tend to look at things as being normal and natural for this day and age. We miss the fact that the origin of many things that happen in our day, things that tick us off and come against us, is spiritual. We fail to recognize the spiritual influence behind it. If you were to adopt the biblical mindset, it would make a huge difference in the way you respond you would recognize that it's not that person who sits next to you at work. It's not your neighbor, your spouse, or your circumstances that are really what's coming against you. They can be influenced, inspired, and used of Satan, but they themselves aren't really the source. 
when you genuinely understand that this isn't a physical battle, it changes the way you respond. I get a lot of hate mail and criticism because of the things I say. There was a time when I took took these things personally and thought, why is this individual so upset with me? I just looked at the criticism and always tried to deal with them on a human level. Since then, I come to recognize that Satan is the one who is trying to get my attention off of what God has told me to do. I recognize that the enemy is using some person to come against me. He is trying to gain an inroad into my life so he can steal God's word from me. Mark Mark 4, 16 through 17. But because I look beyond the individual and don't take their comments personally, I am able to put things into proper perspective and deal with it differently. I actually had some good friends come against me. Even though they did some pretty mean things, I've been able to look past that and forgive them. I recognize that they had a sensitivity in some area that Satan took advantage of and used them against me. I haven't been angry or bitter towards them because I understood what the devil was trying to do. Since then, they've turned around and realized what happened. We've been able to completely reestablish our friendship because I recognized that it wasn't those people, but Satan is trying to get to me. Jesus exemplified this same perspective. He recognized when the devil was trying to get to him through a person. After Peter, under the influence of God, confessed Jesus as the Christ, the Son of the living God, Matthew 16, 16, the Lord started explaining to his disciples about his soon coming crucifixion, death, and resurrection. Immediately, Peter began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee, Matthew 6.22. Apparently, Peter had missed Jesus' statement that he would rise again on the third day. Peter didn't even want to consider the thought of his beloved Lord being taken and killed. This was the same man who just moments before had inspired and who had been inspired and controlled by the Holy Spirit. But yet now Jesus turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense to me, unto me, for thou for thou surest for thou servest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. The Lord recognized that Satan was speaking through Peter. This wasn't something coming from God. Jesus knew it was inconsistent with what the Father had clearly revealed to him of his will. So even though Peter had previously spoken forth a glorious revelation by the Holy Spirit, Christ knew that the inspiration for this rebuke was from hell. There are many times when the devil speaks to you through people. He'll use people to get at you. Of course, 
they may be unaware of the fact that they're being used of Satan. Peter was probably shocked, hurt, and offended when Jesus turned around and said, get behind me, Satan. However, there are times when you need to rebuke the devil that way too. I'm going to stop right there. Folks, you have to understand one thing, and this is very clear. Evil is running rampant in this world. But on many levels, we allow Satan to get a free pass because we lash out at the people that he uses instead of coming after him. But you know that gets but that gets back to knowing your authority as a believer. And unfortunately most Christians don't really have a full grasp of who they are in Christ Jesus because a lot of times they look at it as just maybe symbolic or whatever. But the truth of the matter is this. Who we are in Christ is what will magnify our authority as believers because Christ in us is where we get that authority. It comes from the Holy Spirit in us, folks. God made us his house. So my question is, what do we do about it? We so worried about not offending people that we're not able to recognize evil for what it is. And I'm going to go there. Washington, D.C. is very evil. The things that's going on is evil. You have an individual who's our current president who has turned his back while hundreds of thousands of Christians around the world are being slaughtered yet he professes to be a Christian. I hope that he decides to answer the call of God because the alternative for him isn't, it isn't good. And all those manipulators who are being used by the enemy to bring this nation to its knees, because this nation other than Israel was one of God's greatest evangelistic tools. But now, just like every other great civilization, because of the moral decay, because of the rejecting of Jesus Christ, 
and the church didn't do didn't do a good job in spreading like we were high and mighty and too good to talk to anybody. But you have to understand one thing. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against principalities and powers, rulers of darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. That's what you have to understand. And until we can catch a battle, is not with flesh and blood. Second Corinthians chapter, I believe it's chapter 4, or chapter 10, verses 4 through 10, one of the two, where it says, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, seeking to take captive every thought and vain imagination that seeks to exist exalt itself against the knowledge of God and being ready to punish all disobedience once we ourselves have brought our diso- our own disobedience into subjection to Christ. That's the whole scripture paraphrase. It didn't say that we're not, as believers, part of our authority. We're supposed to bring justice. But before we can do that, we have to make sure that we are walking in second um, We have to make sure that we're walking in our own obedience. Second Timothy, Mary, is uh, Second Timothy one seven. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So, let me do this. Okay, you should be able to hear me better now. We have to understand who we are in Christ. And as we come to understand who we are in Christ, that's when things will that's when things will really around. I know that uh, God has brought me through a lot, a whole lot, and I'm eternally grateful for that, and he's still bringing me through things, even as I speak. So... On Sunday, I'm going to finish chapter 2. I'm going to finish the chapter, I should say, because it's a pretty long book. But, excuse me.
Father God. That short message, the short message you gave me today, Lord God. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for the revelation of who we are and our authority in Jesus Christ. Thank you. I thank you for everything that you have given us. But above all, I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Lord God, I thank you that we don't have to try to figure it out. We don't have to try to do it on our own. For you have done it all through Christ Jesus. And all we have to do is accept your free gift of salvation. Lord, we say we love you. Bless your name. And Lord God, once again, I thank you for Mary, my mother, from another part of the world. And I lift lift her sister up to you. I lift her sister up to you, Lord God, once again. And we speak healing in the name of Jesus into her body. Father, you said in Isaiah 53, bruise for our iniquities, and a chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. I love you and I bless you. In the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. There's one last song that I want to play. It's going to take us home. And uh, it's called You And um, it's talking about Jesus. And I want to join everybody. I want to thank everybody, I should say, for tuning in and join us next week, this Sunday. For another episode, True Life Fridays is Friday. Theology matters tomorrow. You have been listening to Reality in Christ, Worship and Word here on True Radio Presents on Blog Talk Radio. Tune in this Sunday for another broadcast of Reality in Christ Worship Your Word.
God's name. 